0: Welcome to Holding Center, a podcast created to help you own and hold center stage, not only on show day, but also in your life. I'm your host, Ashley Markham, owner of MyoStrength, and joined with me is my co-host, Ashley Spoker, owner of b Fit. Let's hold center.
1: Yo, Spokes, what's up? What is going on? Um, I'm going to say it. We're like almost two weeks out from Christmas. <laughs> right yo let's fucking go yeah so we yeah so you guys will hear this on the 14th it's the 8th today but oh yeah so that'll be like even less time it'll be like a week and a half but yeah I don't know. like two and a half weeks out from christmas which is christmas your favorite holiday or you don't have a favorite
0: I would say, no, it's not my favorite. I think my favorite is Thanksgiving because okay. I like
1: hosting and Thanksgiving yeah. is the the holiday that I get to host. Okay. I get that. I say Christmas. Well, you go to your, you drive up to your families, but I was like, you yeah. can still host Christmas. I'm a Halloween. Next girl. year I am. Next year I'm not, we're not going up to
0: um, Ohio. If we are still here and we haven't moved yet, we're, we're staying here. Cause I'm like, I'm tired of not oh, waking wow. up in my own bed in my mm-hmm. jammies. Like, honestly, I want nothing more than to wake up Christmas morning and make my
1: husband cinnamon rolls. Girl, dude, cinnamon rolls and Christmas are a thing. I I told her, like, that's kind of like, I don't know if that's like an everybody thing, but that's like our tradition. And I'm, like gluten and dairy free. I was like, she's like, I'm going to try and make them. I was like, cool. Yeah, some are.
0: Some are. Like, there's the flour nowadays isn't that bad. And Mm -hmm. honestly, like, the Mm -hmm. icing,
1: like, you can be really creative and have dairy free right yeah and i'm just like i couldn't even imagine like like you said like people who just like wake up and like have all these events to do like i just like to like wake up like my family doesn't do shit like we'll eat but we'll still be like we'll eat ham and stuff but like we'll still be like in our fucking pajamas all day long Mm -hmm. fucking going and seeing all of like our aunts and uncles and stuff like nope just want to wake up i want to look at the fucking tree And I I honestly want cinnamon rolls and cookies for breakfast because that's what I feel like Santa would eat. And I am Santa. So speaking of
0: Santa, I've already made. So I made a uh, sweet potato pie with candy pecans for Eric. Um, I've made molasses cookies. I've made uh, peanut butter cookies and sugar cookies. So Santa, we are prepping
1: which one was granny's favorite cookies his sugar cookies is his granny's sugar. recipe okay. yeah uh-huh. did, did he like them did they come out good i mean oh they turn
0: fantastic um he even is raw dogging them in terms of like because normally sugar cookies have a frosting well right. i didn't make the frosting i just made the cookies and he's been raw dogging. and i'm like dude i need to make the frosting still
1: chill oh my god I mean, it makes you feel good though to be able to like make those for him and like, oh yeah I love that. I love that. How has your week been, though? What's been going? I think I saw you sign somebody on this week. Yeah, I signed two
0: athletes this week. And I have a call this weekend with a girl in. I believe she is residing in Australia. I'm pretty sure she has Hashimoto's and gut case and all that stuff and wants to get back into bodybuilding. So I'm excited about that.
1: It's kind of hard with time differences, but it'll work out. Make it work. I've done it before. God bless. I can't, I have a client in California and I can barely fucking figure it out. <laughs> I'm like, Google nah. time zones. Babe.
0: Very helpful.
1: It was like it, when it was her show day, I was like, thank God. Like I couldn't imagine being in California and having someone compete on the East side. Cause you'd have to be up at two o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. First, like, I, like she got up at like, whatever, five, her time, which was already eight here. So I was like, Oh, thank God. Like you're three hours behind me. Like that works out better. Mm-hmm. Uh which is good. But yeah, you know, it's crazy. I also had two sign-ons this week as well, which was quite surprising. Um, one well, I guess one was like last week, but it was like a kind of like a family friend. So, um that worked out, but yeah, onboarding a new one today, which is good and exciting both lifestyle, no no competitors um still no though what a flex because most
0: people are so hesitant to sign with the coach november december because they make the bullshit excuse oh it's the holidays
1: but like what a flex to be like you know what fuck it i'm taking care of my health now dude that's what i was th- i like woke up this morning like i just keep having like these like little bursts i don't know if like my mind just like doesn't recognize it right when it happens but like two days later i'll be like wow i like was bending over plugging my computer into charge and i was like wow good for these two girls that just signed on like it's right before the holidays and they're just like, fuck, I'm ready to do this right now. Like, I'm not waiting till the new year. Like I know I have holiday stuff coming up. Like, I'm just like, that's so fucking cool. Like just, you just were like, Hey, today's the day. Like, let's fucking do this. And I was like, yeah, because holidays are hard. I mean, like me and you've talked about it, how like just inquiries aren't there at the end of the year mm-hmm. or like drop-offs to Like I always see quite a few drop-offs when come holidays, yeah. which is like so ass backwards in my mm-hmm. opinion. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, but um, good for them. Good for your client. Hopefully your call goes well this weekend, which I think will be good. Another Hashimoto's case, which it's, I feel like Hashimoto's is making a peak, like a spike. It's bad. Mm -hmm. It's definitely, I mean, like, I, I hate for anyone to have it because I have it, but like, I'm also happy in the way that like it's spiking now and not fifteen years ago when there wasn't like all of the functional health resources that we do have, coaches mm-hmm. like you, coaches like me, things like that, because like that has made the world of a difference, and yep. now we can all get the get the help that we like deserve and and can actually call it help because Western medicine isn't all there. Sorry, right.
0: No, Maybe for that. sure, for sure. But so I'm excited about our podcast today because it kind of piggies back off of like, are you cheating on your prep um, that we did last week? And now it's like, are you screwing up your off-season, right? And like, as someone that's been in their off-season for five ever, um, I've made it some of these mistakes and I'm glad that I don't make them
1: anymore. Right. Yeah. I've just like, it's, yeah, it's part two. It reminds me of like Usher Confessions, you know, like we should just play that in the background or the intro. Like, these are my confessions. Like, right. Yep these are literally what we have done (laughs) literally well
0: thankfully i i didn't commit crime number one and crime number one is not following your reverse properly because that's how you set the stage for your off season and like everyone's like oh like i'm gonna nail my reverse but here's the deal like bro ghrelin's coming for you like like Mm -hmm. your ghrelin and leptin signaling is so fucked post prep that like you can have all the best intentions of like nailing it But if you're someone that's like hoarding the post-show goodies or like buying foods that like, you know, you have like really low self-control over, you're setting yourself up to fail. So it's like the best way to set yourself up for success in your off-season is to follow your reverse plan properly. Not saying that you can't like fuck up, but like don't intentionally like shoot yourself in the foot by like being like a hoarder.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Like I've done both. Um, I'm sure I've said that like a hundred times, like my first reverse was awful. Um, and then my second one was spot on. I followed it exactly how I was supposed to accept. I will say accept because this was a mental issue for me. My coach was trying to get me to take a free meal from like week nine or 10 Mm -hmm. uh, reversing. And I didn't take one until week 15 because I was so scared. So, um, So, you know, it's like, but my plan was like, Hey, go have a free meal. So I really wasn't like following it because I was scared. But in that moment, I knew that I still had like internal, like mental health stuff that I had to, to work on. Right. Um, not that you should be like forced to ever take a meal or something that you're uncomfortable with, but like, we know, you know, following the plan properly is, is going to benefit us. Right. And that was more for like the, the mental health aspect of, of benefiting me. Um, but yeah, dude, like it sets the fucking tone for that off season. Like I remember my first one that I botched. Um, I dropped my coach like two months later and it was just a next six months of hell. And then my next one, um, really set the tone. I had really good body comp. Um, I felt good for the most part. Um, other than that was like when my Hashimoto's diagnosis came along too. So if we removed Hashimoto's, but like, I felt good. I felt confident. Um, I felt, you know, a little bit more in control and then like ever since then, um, which this is something that you can relate to too, is like, um, not just like a reverse plan, like post-show, but like also like reversing out of like a diet phase. Yeah. Um, you know, it helps with that as well. And like following those plans is going to make each prep easier, is going to make, um, you know, that your body physiologically better too, because you're not flexing back and forth. You're not putting on all this body fat and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. Um, you know that's how you could be, you know, screwing it up if you're just willy nilly, like okay, like whatever, this is my off season. I'm just gonna gain it all back. Yep, exactly, and that kind of spirals
0: into our next crime. With like, you're not even following a plan because I know most competitors, like when they hear the word off season, they just hear the word off, and that oh, means wow. like la-di-da like no like they'll train whenever they'll eat whatever because they're in their off season they just assume because they're still in the gym or they're just eating meals and they're not like being calculated or careful or intentional about anything that they're just going to gain muscle and then because they were so like nonchalant in their quote-unquote off season and they you know go into hire a coach for you know a 16 20 week contest prep and they look the exact same and they're like what the fuck i took like you know
1: and off season. And that was like maybe five, six months and made no progress. Yeah. I think that's like very key that like the wording that you use, I didn't even like think about it. You hear off season and it's like off switch. Right. Yep. Uh, so like, not just with your food, but like cardio too, like people just stop doing it. People stop training at the intensity they were. people stop. Um, I think too, at times too, like, I mean, granted burnout is a whole nother thing, but like, sure. I think like your light kind of dims because you can't have those post-show blues. Mm -hmm. And I think you said like, you just kind of fall off plan um, and you're like not following things or you are kind of just like, well, my work here is done. Yeah. Like, you know, like I did the show, whatever happens, like I can do another show down the road, Mm -hmm. but essentially like, you have no guidance. Like you are literally like fucking Helen Keller walking around trying to figure this shit out, like just over it. Yep. No, completely
0: agree. And It's one of those things I get it. Like there should be some flexibility built into your plan. And I'm not saying your off season should be treated like contest prep. Absolutely not. But you should still, in my opinion, be working with your coach and you should still have a plan that you adhere to when it comes to your nutrition, your training, you know, your steps or your cardio health supplementation and stuff like that, because you want to make your off season, not a time to dick around. You want it to be an improvement season because when you are not dieting, that is when you are growing. That's when you are able to create that quote unquote undeniable physique that continues to be thrown around on Instagram. And it's like, you really want to have that undeniable transformation. Then your work ethic needs to follow suit. Yeah. You
1: want your off season to be beneficial. I mean, like what, what else it would i mean at that point it's not even an off season it's just your your life like your life season again like you're not if you're not following up a, a plan or guidelines to some extent i don't even consider it an off season to be honest with you like yeah. i a- <laughs>
0: um
1: our next crime um i don't do this actually um i never have really done this because i just i don't know but um too many cheat meals or too many off plan meals um meaning you're going out to eat like I don't, I don't know. Like, first let me ask you this, Ash, like what, what would you say would be like the ideal cheat meal? Like once a week, twice a week. I know it's like person dependent, but like when we say too many, like, where are we getting at here? Like, I think anything over two is too much. And like, and I'm I'm talking like two free meals a week. Like if you've been in like a a decent off season, if you have a really good understanding of food and if you hit all of your boxes the rest of the week. Yeah. I think it depends on how you were defining cheat
0: meals and off meals. So mm-hmm. let me give you an example. Like not way. I used to abuse the fuck out of my my off plan meal, my untracked meal and I would treat it like almost like a binge fest where it was like how many rolls of sushi can I stuff down my gullet before I make myself really sick, right? Because like it was that 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 freedom that like where I wasn't restricted, I wasn't tracking, right? And yeah, it tasted really good in the moment. But of course, like after you're, you did all that damage, you like, you feel really bad about yourself. You feel really gross. You feel overly full. So if that's how we're treating our cheat meals and our free meals, yeah, we're going to have a lot of digestion inflammation. We're going to have a lot of mental health issues surrounding it. And that's not a good place to start prep. Now, if you are someone that simply wants to have your normal meals, but simply not weigh them out. I think Mm -hmm. two or three could be completely fine because I think many people are so hyper fixated on making the most of their cheat meals or their off plan meals. So they make themselves sick. And that's not the point of those meals. The point is to yes, ease that mental restriction of macro tracking or following a strict meal plan, but like you can still eat your normal meals, but maybe you can use a, a condiment or a sauce that you wouldn't typically use. So maybe you make a a post-workout burger bowl and normally you wouldn't have like mayonnaise or something like that, but today you want to make big Mac sauce. And so you get your mustard, your ketchup, your mayonnaise, your, your dill pickle, and then you put that on your burger bowl, but you don't track it. Like still having that freedom, that's going to cause a lot less issues further down the line. Not only again, thinking about your digestion, but also again, your mental health. So if you're abusing your off plan meals and your free meals, yeah, we can definitely be doing some damage there. But if you just want like a break t- and to figure out like what it's like to be almost like a normal person in air quotes, I think two, maybe even three would be perfectly acceptable. But again, it really just depends on the athlete.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I just like have like thought of like someone listening is like well what is too many right like is it three is it four um but I totally agree with like the untracking or not tracking every little detail like there's been times where like I've been you know supposed to have or it's in my plan to have like a free meal and like if like my boyfriend is working or all of my friends are busy like I just like won't take one because like for me I'm just like I don't care right like I'm not just gonna be like Oh, I get my free meal. Like I'm going to go out and eat all that sushi, even if it is by myself, or I'm going to pick it up and do it. Like, you know, if like, I don't have like the quality time to spend with someone, I won't. There's also been, um, times where it's like my free meal. Like if I'm like really pushing food, like my previous off season, like I was at like three seventy carbs every day that like my free meal would be like, "Mm, I'm just like, not going to eat all my meals today because it was like pushing so heavy. Right. Um, but I definitely think like, you know, this could be a big crime when it comes to like, you know, um, eating too many cheat meals, um, and like eating off of your meal plan too much because it goes into what is our next topic, which I'm going to kind of skip down here, but is getting too fat in your off season or staying too lean. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that being said, like you're putting on extreme amounts of, of body fat, which let's, you know, put a little asterisk here. You obviously need body fat to gain muscle. Right. Um, but there is a certain point where it's just too much and uh, it's going to be harder to come off. Like it, 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 And then, you know, it, it just makes <laughs> everything more difficult. Obviously when it comes time to cut, when it comes time to your gut health, when it, you yeah. know, it, it. it's, it's just a huge snowball effect when you are way too heavy in your off season. Mm -hmm. And this is an old mindset, I think in my mind, Um, like old body, like old school bodybuilding where they're like, yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, my off season, let's just get huge. Let's just put on all this fucking weight, like all or nothing. Like let's eat 10 fucking Chipotle burritos a day. And that was kind of considered like normal. Like the bulking was like excessive. Yeah. And I think guys are much more guilty of that than, than
0: girls. I think girls have a hard time mentally with seeing like the scale go up. So I know guys, like typically they want to chase the scale, whereas girls are more skittish because they see this number on the scale going up. And they immediately think that they're just getting fat versus guys are like, Oh, I I gained like five pounds last night for my cheat meal. All five pounds are muscle. And it's like, okay, no. So like, you don't want to get too fat in your off season. And someone even asked me like, why since my off season has been for so long why have i not just done a continually slow growth and it's like well one i'm not natural like i can't be blasting peas for five years straight and two like your body fat gets to a certain point where you lose on that insulin sensitivity and really what that means is you start to add more body fat not muscle tissue so like Mm -hmm. we don't want to add unnecessary body fat because that's going to add even more inflammation we're not going to be accruing muscle tissue and you're just going to feel really bad about yourself. And then you will have to like have extended like health phases or even longer like cuts. And again, when you're not like in a surplus or you're not maintaining your calories and you're dieting, you are not growing. So I'm of the firm belief where it's like you should have strict growth phases and strict like mini cuts or like whatever dieting phases. So that way you can make the most of
1: each phase, especially if you are one of those enhanced athletes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. And like you said, too, like the other side of it is like staying too lean, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, have a, have a bigger issue with this, especially, you know, I remember one time I asked my coach, I'm like, well, how much weight should I gain post-show? And they're like, oh, you don't want to be above like 12 pounds Mm post-show. Like, but, you know, I was so small at the time, like I probably needed a lot more weight than that because like I needed to put on muscle and, and and whatnot. But I got so caught up in that, that me staying within like that, I think I was like hovering around like eight pounds above stage weight for a while, but I wasn't getting my cycle back. My health wasn't getting any better. Um, I really was not making any like visible gains. Like I looked exactly pretty much the same. Um, so like staying too lean in your off season, not only compromises like the muscle growth and tissue that you can put on, but also your health as well. Right. Cause we talk about all of these hormonal issues that come when you're too lean, right. As well as like when you're that lean too, it can also affect a lot of other things in your life, such as like sleep. Um, and you know, again, like digestive health, when you're not, you know, utilizing all of these, um, micronutrients and food that you're trying to eat as well. Mm-hmm. I think girls have the the issue
0: more than guys, when it comes to like staying too lean, because they always talk about, Oh, I want to do a lean bulk or a lean growth phase. And it's like, I don't know what that I, means? Like you are going to have to sacrifice like being super shreddy to adding some body fat, because we do want to have some level of body fat for again, just optimal health levels and hormonal health. But also like, again, like if your body is stressed because it doesn't have body fat, it's not going to prioritize adding muscle tissue. Oh, no. Yeah. So like, again, like, you have to have that baseline health or else you're spinning your wheels.
1: Right. I mean, I know you're pretty, you're pretty lean right now and you've been pretty lean, but I don't know if you even had this during prep, but like being lean is not comfortable. We all know that um, if you've been that lean, but like, did you ever have like where your body started growing like hair? Cause you've been like, when so you go.
0: yeah. when you go. I didn't have that in prep, but I did have that when I was battling anorexia because your body gets so cold where essentially it's like trying to keep you warm. So it'll, it'll grow what's called lanugo hair, which is found in babies to keep yeah. them warm because, you know, babies are, you know, yes, they have body fat. The majority of them is body fat, but it's, it's a, you know, evolutionary concept to preserve heat. So like, you'll see people really, really lean, um, sprite these like little fine
1: white hair. white yeah. hair,
0: like all over your body. Yep. It's an adaptation, um, due to low body fat. So I probably did have it in prep, but like I definitely had it when I had like deep, deep anorexia, like it would just be all over.
1: I yeah, I would notice it on my belly and like my fucking ass cheeks all mm-hmm. like, like, Hairy ass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did not like a, just like fun fact on the side. Um, but let's see. Ooh, this is a good one. Not posing in your off season. This is huge I think this this is probably like in the top two things on the list that we talk about like I think this like maker makes or breaks your off season and you can fucking tell oh my god I'm like getting heated about this um like my hands are sweaty like you can tell who practices in their off season opposing versus who doesn't and it's another one of those things that's like I think in a lot of people's mind it's that on and off switch like oh I'm you know I'm an off season I don't have to practice you should be practicing more and getting the things down, getting more comfortable with your body at like a higher set point of like, you know, weight and body fat also too, like, you're able to see so much more too, as your shape changes. So then you can honestly like adjust your plan to what you need. Like if you are not posing and then all of a sudden you go to your prep and you're like, Oh fuck! Well, I didn't know like my glutes and upper body didn't match and proportion wise and balance when I'm trying to compete in bikini because I never fucking stood in the poses for the last three years I've been in an off season. Yeah,
0: that's my big thing that I was like focusing on this year, and I'm still focusing on is like when we say practice your posing, we don't just mean do your half ass
1: mandatories for your your check-in right like don't oh yeah say, like, like no, no. in the gym like in between sets that are like oh really, it's like quick <laughs> yeah like just to show off in front of the mirror god i'm such a sh- like shit person today i'm crabby huh no but-, but it's so true though like like literally 30 minutes
0: every single week that is a small price to pay to get better and that's what i do it's two 15 minute sessions saturday and sunday and i meet with my posing coach every few months just to Make small adjustments, and the leaner that I get, yes, the more feedback he can give me. But I still want to assess my shape for mm-hmm. the division criteria. And here's a here's a thought: If your coach can't see dick when you're posing, how are they gonna like create a plan to help you get better? Like, we can't help you if we can't see
1: you, right? And also, too, like, not just like. Well, two things I want to say here: one. If your division requires you to wear heels, your posing practice should be in those heels. You should Sockless. also. Sockless, yes. please. Uh, yeah, I'm a sock girl. Um, I'm a sock girl only because I swear to God, my feet lose like 10 pounds in prep and I can't fit in my heels. They're too tight. Well, you saw my chubby toes. See, you know, firsthand. Sure, I but do- you can stretch open your. Yeah, but then when I get lean, they're too wide. Cause I had to buy heels last year because of that. Cause I stretched them out with like socks on and like the blow dryer. And then when I got like, I mean, when I lost like 20 something pounds, like they were so loose on my feet and I was sliding in and out of them. Like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. So I will practice in socks in my off season just to get my fucking feet in there. But, um, I will try at least like once a month to do them, like really get my toes. I can't pose as long because like my feet are so stuffed in there, but Mm -hmm. um, yes, sockless, if you can, um, making sure you're in something as well, like that's as close to your bikini as possible, obviously. Um, like you'll see people, I mean, like I, if you're at the gym, obviously and you wore leggings, like, okay, fine. But like, that's still hard to see shape. It's still hard to see your body move through it. Watch it back. I mean, it's doable. It's Mm -hmm. fine like also too, like, I think posing in, you know, either shorts kind of pulling them up or like just your suit at home is going to be, um, the best. And then I forgot my other point was, because I just kind of went on a side tangent there. Um, what did I say? Posing in your heels for your division, sockless being in the suit. Um, yeah, I would say
0: also for your suit, make it would be very beneficial for you to have the practice suit with the suit company of your contest prep suit. So that way you get a feel for like how it fits on your body. So my, my practice suit is goddess glam, probably going to go with her because I know what her suit feels like on my body already. And I know that seems like a small like thing, but like when you practice with your posing, like it is show day consistently, you, you get a thing, you get a feel for how like the shoes feel the suit, you know, hair flip, stuff like that. So like when you practice, make sure it's an intentional practice, not just like, again, la-di-da, like, Oh, I'm just having fun. Like, yeah, have fun with it. Get a killer, you know, playlist or whatever, but like still take it seriously. Like have like little mini goals. Like I do, it's like one Saturday I might focus on just the walk. Mm -hmm. I might focus on my transition from back to front. I might focus on like hand placement or like you know, keeping my arm, not so like out to the side, keep it closer to my body. So I make like little mini goals that Eric and I like drill
1: into me every time I practice, because like those little details matter. No. Yeah. I agree. And I was going to say, this is what I was going to say now that my wheels are turning again. Um, you don't want to wait till it's go time and it's prep And then you're like, oh shit, like this is a lot more stressful on top of everything else that I'm trying to navigate during prep because things change pretty quickly, right? Like our weekly check-ins, they change our plan. Um, They change our cardio, they change our nutrition, they change supplements, they change PEDs, doses, things like that. And now on top of it, you're like, oh shit, like now I got to find the time. I mean, yes, you should be posing often, but like think of how much farther along you would be if you were already more comfortable because you've been doing it for the last 12, 18, 24 months, right? Um, it just, it makes so much more sense. So I feel like, you know, if you're, you're not doing this, then you're, you're hurting yourself in your off season. Mm-hmm. And then that also kind
0: of coincides with the same, like la-di-da with your training, right? Cause how many times have we heard people be like, oh, I grew into the show. If you're growing into the show, it's because you dicked off with your off season training. And it's like, you lost out on so much muscle mass potential because of the fact that you just weren't training as seriously and training as hard as you could have been and so it's like what did you leave on the table because you're now growing into the show which like it's like again the the switch gets flipped and it's like oh well now I gotta pose or now I gotta start training
1: hard and it's like damn it do that in your off season too that's how you improve yeah I would have to say like you're really good at this um I don't think a lot of people are I know there's been times where I haven't been good at it but like you specifically are someone, and this is how you can tell like a, a not like a good athlete versus a bad athlete. Cause I don't want to label it like that, but I should say, passion, a very passionate athlete Ooh, in the sport. I like that. Yeah. 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 Ooh. You can really tell like you with your training, like you don't ever like, even on your bad days, like you're still trying to kill yourself. Right. And I think that really shows, like you said, like sometimes when you get into off season and you're just like, oh man, same shit, different pile, like fuck this. And I've even been like that. Like I, I literally was like, there, like three fucking weeks ago. I'll be honest with you. I was like, fuck this training. I don't even care. I don't even care if I hit any fucking PRs today. And it's just like, then, like, you know, a week later, I'm like, damn, like, I'm just leaving shit on the table. And like, not only that, but if I'm doing that in my off season and I'm getting in that behavior and getting in that mindset and telling myself, okay, like, just dick off, like, whatever. Like, granted, we are going to have some bad training sessions just because it's not there. But like, the mindset you have around it too is if it's so negative, that is so going to carry over into your prep. So, you're screwing yourself when you get to that prop point, if you aren't taking care of this in, in your off season. So essentially, yeah, you're fucking around in your off season again, you know, like obviously that's what the whole topic is about, but you know, you can really tell. And it's like, you start to build those like negative mindsets, negative habits. And it's like, well, all right, cool. Like, I'll just pull back a little bit, like whatever. I'm not feeling it. Or you just skip the gym entirely because you say, fuck it. Right. Look at right. that. <laughs> because you're in your off season, you're like, what, well, whatever. I still like six more months, but like, if you're doing that once every week or once a month, and then it turns into once every week. And then, you know, you start missing more days. It's like, what's the point. Right. So I definitely think you can tell, like, you're really good. I would say at like every training session you go in and you know, you hit it hard. You don't have that lotty dotty, like even on your worst days, like you still show up and you're like, fuck, like I'm going to hit this hard. Whereas like you, you're people who aren't or have moments like me, consistent moments, I should say, because it's not too often I do that, but I mean, I'll be real with you guys. I have done it. Um, You're leaving so much on the fucking table. And not only that, it's like, it can extend your off season even more if you're just like not growing and you're just like not putting in the effort. And then, you know, it turns into that, oh, well, yeah, like I grew into the show and it's like, well, you know, did you really, was that really necessary? Think of how much you more you could have grown when you were actually eating in a surplus, when you were, had the energy, had the strength, had better recovery, you know what I'm saying? Um, uh, You know, so it, I think that definitely plays a huge role in setting again, the tone for prep in the off season. And you don't really want to get in that, that negative mindset and habit. Agreed. I want to, tell you guys
0: a little like a little secret or how I navigate that cuz I do have a lot of self-awareness as an athlete but I'm also still human. So it really does depend upon my overall mindset as to like how I'm sensing that oh this is going to be a really hard training session like you know what this is this is going to be something that like I need to push through. And if I'm like angry and in a bad mood, I can kind of rely off that like don't be a little bitch mentality. And especially when Eric is training with me, he'll like, you know, get in my face. And of course, like, you know, yell profanities at me, which really does help me. But my favorite, like one liner that he says that really gets me fired the fuck up. He'll be like, what happens when you step on stage and the judges tell you you're still too small? Mm -hmm. Like that gets me. Now, let's say I know it's going to be a hard training session, but I also have enough self-awareness to know it's not because I'm a little bitch. It's because like. Oh, I've been dieting for 12 weeks. And I definitely like, this was just a really hard week. Mm -hmm. Then I go at it with a softer mindset of Ashley, Ashley, not Ash, Ashley, try your best. Because that is something my mom always told me to do. She was Ashley, sweetie, try your best. Mm -hmm. And some days showing up and pushing yourself as hard as you can push yourself is all you can control. So two very different dichotomies, two very different mindsets, but depending upon what I need that day, that's how I still kill it and make
1: the most out of whatever
0: the the life is thrown at me that day.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's really good. And I just wanted to like, yeah, point that out that you do a really good job of, of still have, like being intentional with. With your lifting, like regardless of you know what's going on in your mental space. Like because you said you have control and you have these tactics of like what people say to you really, you know, motivate you to because you know it's all gonna add up and it's all gonna be worth it in the end. Um, so our next one, which I think this can kind of go with like the lack of training or missing training sessions, is like missing your check-ins in off season. Oh yeah, like just not showing up. Cause they're just like, oh, I'm in my off season, it doesn't matter that much. And it's like Yeah, yeah. i don't think i've personally ever done that which is impressive just with like everything that i have like gone through it's just like damn like i know nothing's gonna change you know kind of thing um but yeah like it'll just be like miss check-ins only oh okay like why like why are you not keeping that you wouldn't do that in prep and that's screwing up your off season like maybe maybe there is something we could have changed or maybe there is something we need to talk about or why are you doing this or you know just having that consistency and honestly too like having keeping that promise to yourself of like hey i hired a coach i'm doing this like why are you not keeping that promise to yourself and to your goals yeah do you have your phone in front of you oh i do check
0: your check your chat you see what i just sent to you it, oh it's sending right now I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna wait for it to send all right it just sent do you see the photo Whew. you you do you, okay so the context behind the photo i just sent you My check-in day was a Thursday at the time. That was me two days post-surgery from my breast dog. Ever since I've worked with a coach in 2018, I have never missed a check-in. The only time I did not check-in with my coach is when they told me, hey, we're going to skip this week. Whether maybe they had athletes at nationals or they already made adjustments and it was the holidays. I have never missed a check-in with my coach because why? Because I am paying for their time, I am paying for a service. And if I'm not getting my service because I'm slacking, that reflects badly on me as an athlete. I don't miss check ins. Like, oh, yeah. even when Austin tells me, hey, you know what? Like, we don't need to check in this week because I made the adjustments. I have athletes and nationals, whatever. I still go through the check in process. I take oh, yeah. my photos, I do my posing. I fill out the athlete form and I check in with myself. That's what's something that people miss out on. It's like, oh, I'm just checking in with my coach. But you're also reflecting on the work that you did or did not do this past week. And that is very important for developing athlete maturity and developing a mindset. Were you digging off this week? Be honest with yourself. Did you fucking crush it this week? Celebrate yourself. Do not miss a check-in.
1: Another thing. Yeah. And like, uh, see, I've never missed a check in either. Even if I'm on vacation, even though, you know, my coach will be like, enjoy your vacation. Like I'm still sending my shit on Tuesday. And most of the time, like the response is like, hope you're having a good time. We'll reevaluate back. Right. But like every Tuesday I still get up. I put my fucking heels on at 6am. I get in my suit. I take my photos. I take my measurements. I make sure my spreadsheets filled out. And that's another thing too. And I kind of get like, I don't want to say I get irritated because it's not my life that I'm living. And like you said, like, I'm not the athlete when it comes to me being a coach, obviously, but like you missed a check-in and like, in my mind, like, where's the whole data for the last week? You know what I'm saying? Like you, did you fall off the entire week? Like, I can see if like, you had like a crisis and it's like, whatever Your check in morning and you're like, Holy fuck. Like my grandma's in the hospital. I had to run. I couldn't do this, but like, I can, I should be able to look back at Monday, the day before all the way to your previous check-in and the data should be in there. Now, if you're someone who waits to the last minute to fill it all in, fine, nonetheless. But it should be there at some point. It shouldn't just be a whole week of of missing boxes. That like, did you check? Did you not check? Like, why are we doing this? Is it, is it just because if you were in prep, you would not miss that. I guarantee it. So in your off season, again, this is screwing you. It really is. um When you're missing a check-in, or even missing that communication. Like I said, if there's an emergency, send a message over. I just had an athlete on Monday that was like, Hey, my mother-in-law is really sick. We had to be at the hospital at like three o'clock this morning. I'm not going to make it. I'm like, okay, what can I do? Here's what we need to do. Focus on your family X, Y, and Z make sure you're eating, drinking, moving. That's all we're going to work on this week. I'm really sorry. I can't get my pictures. I don't care about your pictures. Take care of your family, but guess what? It's not a missed check-in. Sure. She didn't have all the photos. She had most of the data in there but she communicated, she still checked into a degree on that level. It wasn't just like, all right, see ya. Like, yep. you know what I am saying? Like, and that hurts you because like, now I can help navigate and help be there and support you during a stressful time and let you know that like, Hey, these things are going to happen. It's life. But like, we still have to have like some type of guidelines. Let me support you. Let me make mm-hmm. sure you're taking care of you during that time. And you know, I mean, like you just had, breast surgery you know a couple years ago I still was checking in two days later like same- Dude, literally i mean i had the surgical bra
0: on you can see all the inflammation in my stomach you can see yeah. that you can still see the tan that i got from my three-day post show my hair wow. i that was the first time that i got to shower after
1: getting my boobs done but i still checked in mm-hmm. that's impressive yeah i'm the same way though like i have never missed a check-in and i would like be very upset because yeah like I'm paying my coach for that service um I'm mm-hmm. dedicated to my goals I made this promise to myself and it's literally like one thing I have to do like you know what I'm saying and like I Dude, want it's to- just it's so disrespectful to yourself it's oh, respectful yeah.
0: to your coach and literally like imagine you pay your coach let's say 300 bucks a month for for coaching right yes you're paying for their time you're paying for their experience and their expertise but like let's say if we, we just like look at it from like a financial standpoint, like you get four check-ins a month. Okay. That is $75 per check-in. Let's just say, imagine you're like, oh, I'm not checking in this week. Okay. Imagine you go into your wallet or go into your bank account and just like burn $75. Yeah. Like you just burn it because you didn't want to check in. Like Wait, that's a full like fucking bill. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, that's like, like. Unreal to me, unreal. Like, I could not imagine doing that. Like, my Eric would be pissed. He'd be like, Why are you wasting your time? Why are you wasting your money? I'd be like, Fuck you, right?
1: Exactly. And it's like, it's like I said, it's like, it can be as small as just like the communication part of it, like in my, you know, but I think when you are in your off season and when things do get kind of like repetitive and and you're just like, All right, well, fuck, like I don't need to check into the app other things going on, like whatever. Um, we'll figure it out next mm-hmm. week. But again, it builds that behavior of like, Oh, I'm allowed to do this. I'm letting myself do this. Like, it's okay. Like it's no big deal. Right. Um, but in reality, it it can be a pretty big deal.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Agreed. And then we kind of already talked about this. So I don't want to
0: hammer this one home, but Being so obsessive over not only your own data, but especially the scale, because like the whole point of the off season is, is to grow and to heal and to become normal, but specifically to grow and improve. And yes, with that is going to come with scale fluctuations, especially as a female, like whether it's your menstrual cycle or, you know, you're impacted by stress a lot. Like the scale is going to go up because you cannot stay a lean bean year round. Right. But if you're so hyper fixated on scale increases or you're fasting blood glucose or whatever, like you're, you're doing your coach's job essentially, but then you're also just stressing yourself out unnecessarily, which is going to impact your growth potential.
1: Yeah, like everything is going to change. You have to think about that too. I'm just gonna make this one tidbit on it. Because like F said, like I used to get hyper focused on the scale, and then it was my blood glucose, and then it was my resting heart rate. <laughs> like all <laughs> the points. Yeah, dude. Um, and I like I don't know why I didn't figure this out sooner. And I spent so much time like fucking around with it, but it's like, wait a minute, my body's changing, right? Like I went from lean to health phase. To having a lot of excess body fat, to coming back down and being less stressed, and like my blood glucose went from like you know eighties, nineties, hundreds when I was really in my fucking <laughs> health phase and like stressed about it, I was like one twenties fasting. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. now I'm back in like the eighties, you know, low nineties. Um, I do have a lot of stress going on right now, but um, and my Hashimoto's is a little bit worse, so it's like fluctuating. But I don't know why I couldn't figure out like wait this is bodybuilding like same thing with your body. Like you're lean, you, you build muscle, you do a dieting phase, you do a growth phase. Like everything's always going to fucking change. Right. So like, why are you stressing about it? And like, I'm in such a mentality right now where it's like, me and you have coaches, we have very educated coaches and that's their job. And like, we are very educated coaches as well. And it's like, it's their job to worry about it. They'll fix it if it's an issue. Yeah, exactly. And if they're not fixing it, it's not an issue. Or if it is, if they are fixing it, it's
0: most likely because you're the issue because you keep stressing out over it. So it's like the simple, it could be like, you know, lower food. It could be carb cycling. It could be, you know, um, prioritizing peri-workout training, or it could simply be my personal favorite putting away the fucking glucometer because like if body composition, good is training is good like biofeedback overwhelm is definitely a thing so sometimes you just like put that thing in the fucking drawer and just go fucking train like just you, just go train
1: you know what i'll do sometimes like my clients that like they start to get hyper obsessive this is the last thing we're going to say and we'll move on to our final topic hyper obsessive about like the scale i'll delete that whole fucking page out of there yep um, you, i'll hide it I'll delete like, that, that column just like go yep. on yep and then, and then they'll try and message me and be like well i weighed myself today and i'll literally just like ignore the whole thing like, I know that's like rude, but I'm like, Hey, I'm not focusing on it because I don't care about it right now. Like you're yep. the one that's focusing on it. I will let you know when I need to care about it, when we need to care about it, but yeah, I'll remove, like, if they're stressing about anything, I'm like, cool. And that's like the beauty of spreadsheets. They're like, Oh, my resting heart rate or my blood glucose got really high. Done. We're not doing it. Don't do it. Don't do it for yep, two weeks. Gone. Bye. <laughs> don't do it until you feel better. I love or, that. Yeah. I'll just remove it. I'm like, Nope, not, not doing that. I love that. It's stress. Like, whatever. It's, just, it's important, but it's not that important. You know what I'm saying? No, because I know once we decrease the stress, it's going to fucking improve. Like, I already know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm not trying to say I can tell the future, but I can tell the fucking future when it comes to that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Last
0: point is leaving your coach or specifically coach hopping. And holy shit, it's one thing to feel like you're coaching, you are not a good fit because of communication issues, maybe. That's- something like that we're not talking about that we're talking about the fact that off season is very monotonous it is very unlikely that you're going to get changes each week and if your coach is having to constantly change things either to keep you entertained or because you keep fucking up or something like that's not necessarily a good thing but your off season like very few changes happen like once you get your training program it's really we're just manipulating food we're watching recovery right Maybe if we're an enhanced athlete, maybe okay we do bump like training variables to make the most out of our training capacity and recoverability. Maybe we add in enhancements um, to enhance the growth phase, but like mostly it's just like, it is food bumps here and there. Good job. Like training videos, eat your food. You get sick of eating. Like it's the same shit and it can be kind of boring. That's why you should not be in love with bodybuilding and be infatuated. You should just Love bodybuilding, love the highs, love the lows, and understand that the off season is monotonous, but if you do it correctly, that's where that physique becomes built.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. And like I see this often, I see both of them often. That oh <laughs> light switches off again, it's off season. I'm just gonna drop my coach, right? granted i did that my first season i was also binging and and things like that so it was you know uh a whatever different circumstance but mm-hmm. yeah the light switch off and then i'll see the the coach hopping a lot when like you said i mean you've had the same coach all four or five years now four years,
0: um no so i did have i've had oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you've but had but austin i've been with him for two years and i was joking around with one of my friends that i believe she has him as a coach as well. So I guess as a teammate, but I was like, yo, when Austin dies and I die, I want my
1: ashes brought on his grave. Like (laughs) I'm with him till the end, baby. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like, I think, I mean, that's how I feel about my coach now. Um, and I think, I mean, a lot of it has to deal with the whole, like, you don't hear what you want to hear, right? Like you're in off season too long. You're oh, we got to enter a health phase. We're not going to compete next year. When you thought you were going to compete next year, you don't have enough size to compete next year. Oh, well, I want to compete next year. I want to get on stage. I want to do this specific show. So I'm going to go fuck around and find a coach. That's going to get me to this fucking stage, regardless of how I look, how I feel, what I'm doing, my financial situation, (laughs) like fuck it all, because this is like what I want to do on this specific day. And it's like, Mm You just keep cycling through people because one, you don't want to believe the reality of, you know, your circumstances and you're just like, all right, well, I'm just going to keep going until I get what I want when it's not going to be beneficial to you whatsoever. I want you
0: guys to think about something for us, right? Your coach is saying no to a contest prep. It's not in their best interest, right? Because think about it, like literally think about it from like a, a marketing standpoint, If they're a contest prep coach, they want athletes on stage and they want athletes on stage that look good because that's part of their marketing material is Mm -hmm. showing that they can bring an athlete in shape on stage to be competitive. If they are saying no to you for a contest prep, it's because they don't think you'll do well. So all of that work that you will be putting in. And yes, them too, but mostly you, because, you know, 15, 20 minute check-in once a week, more as you get progressively like leaner and leaner and contest prep and show day approaches. But like, you're the one doing the work. They don't want you to waste your time to look the same or even worse, because that looks bad on everybody, right? So this is where like, you have to remove your emotional attachment to the stage and not just be a competitive bodybuilder, but be a bodybuilder through and through. Like that's why I haven't competed since 2019 because yeah, honestly, my genetics blow, they really do blow for bodybuilding, but because I know that, and because I'm not emotionally attached to the stage, I want to be the best that I can possibly be, which means I need to be patient and I need to be consistent because that's how I'm going to be better
1: as a bodybuilder. Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, it comes down to having that self-awareness though, you know, I know what, what I need to do. But yeah, I think that really wraps it up on, you know, things that you could be doing that are really harming you in your off season, you know, whether it is too many (laughs) fucking cheat meals or you're obsessing about the data, the scales, coach hopping, um, you know, the lack of training intensity, um, all of these things, they're going to, they're going to play a role, you know, like not having the communication or check-ins with your coaches that you should be doing. Um, They're going to impact your physique. They're going to impact your journey to the stage and it's going to affect your prep and, one thing, you know, another thing, the last thing you should think about is like, are you going to be satisfied with yourself at the end of your off season and prep? Can you ask yourself, did I do everything I possibly could to make this the best? And I always ask myself that, like when I get close to to show day, I'm like, wow, did I do everything in my power to make this my best, whether it's in prep or in off season? And I think that's a good question to to ask yourself, not only in each phase that you're in, but maybe at the end of each day too. No, I think that's great. That's literally one of my
0: favorite, like, I don't know, motivational things from Eric. It's like, what if the judges tell you you're still too small? Like Mm -hmm. every single day, like wake up with the mentality that you want to get better because it's not just for the look on stage. It's not just for like that one, you know, that 10 seconds that you get to do your little routine. Like It is about respect. It's respect for yourself, respect for your craft, respect for the sport that you love and you want to represent. If you go out with that mindset, I guarantee you, you won't miss. Agreed. 100% agreed. But until then, guys, peace. Adios.